Salutations, and welcome to the 16th episode of the In The House podcast. Yeah, let us do 16. 16 episodes. I am your host, Evan Floyd, and I am super excited to be here this evening. We have a jam-packed show for you, the majority of which will be dominated by a conversation that Andy and I had this evening with Lou City star, yeah. Pat McMahon. Luckily, the vast majority. Yeah, the vast majority of the show will be Pat McMahon. Yeah. Uh, we did that interview tonight at the Heine Brothers, had a blast. He is a uh, smart, insightful dude He's cool. with luscious locks. He was swarthy looking. He is. He's a little He's swarthy. swarthy. I think the glasses made him even more intense looking also see i feel like that he was swarthy but the glasses made him look approachable okay so swarthy and approachable yes like jeff goldblum yeah okay exactly i see where you're coming from with all this yeah. uh and most of that interview was pat trying to keep andy from hitting on him which yeah. is understandable it's fine uh, we had a really great time with it. He was a super nice and uh, pleasant guest. I hope you enjoy the interview, and we'll get to that in just a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. But uh, before we can do anything, I have to welcome back my co-host. Oh, yeah. He's coming to us tonight live from a donut shop in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Andy Frederick, ladies and gentlemen. Hi. Andy! You know what? The thing about Kalamazoo, Michigan... I don't know anything about Kalamazoo, Michigan. They are not known for their donuts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And rightly so. I no? Mean, I, I don't know why I came here thinking... Great that donuts. going to be a donut destination. It's sure. Not, no. It's not. You're just sitting at a gas station with, uh, with Krispy Kremes? Yeah. No. I don't know why I thought there was some secret mom-and-pop donut thing. A gem... But there's not. There's not. Okay, well, that's good to know. But I do like donuts. I'll cross that off my donut search list. So just keep it. Instead, I'd go to High Five here in Louisville, exactly. which make amazing donuts Same. and are, instead of nine hours from your house, like three minutes from your house. I just wanted to, to get out and see... I understand. Michigan. <laughs> we missed you. We missed you last week, buddy. We, hey, uh, it was you guys. It was tough having to do the podcast with David, who... Uh, Frankly, makes fun of me a lot more than you do, but uh, I don't blame him. Does he really? No, he makes fun of me about exactly the same amount that you do. Uh, We had Kevin Boisno on the pod last week, and he said to say hello and send our love. It was uh, it was strange not getting to have you come from uh, parts unknown because you actually were in in parts parts unknown. unknown, Yeah, so weird. It was, but it's nice to have you back. If you ever get a chance to go to New Mexico, do it. I'll do it. It's beautiful out there. I've heard that about New Mexico. I saw a rattlesnake. Did you? I got rattled at by a rattlesnake. Did you fight it with a scarf? No. Smart. Smart. Good decision making. I approve of that sort of mentality because otherwise you might not have come back to us. Well, I didn't have my scarf. And I need you here. I didn't have my scarf. Otherwise, I fall off the rails. So, And David will eventually take my job. <laughs> um... But no, it's great to have you back. We'll get into the interview here in just a second. But before we can do anything else, I brought the sacred coin with us to have Pat McMahon flip it so we could know if we were going to do a review or preview. Mm-hmm. I gave it to him before the show started. Yeah. Forgot to have him flip it. You sure did. And then he walked off with the coin. Pat McMahon. He stole the sacred coin. Pat McMahon, coin thief. Coin thief. 
Didn't even realize it until we got home. And uh, no, now you know if you have a quarter, don't give it to Pat McMahon unless you want him walking off with it. Really, it adds to his pirate like swarthiness that he stole. I mean, he stole booty booty from us. Yeah, he took it. That's that's undeniably true. There's no getting around it. Undeniably true. He took our booty. Pat McMahon, we're on to you. No, it was uh, it was a lot of fun getting to meet with him, but we got no coin flip, so somebody's got to do it, and I'm going to take the honors tonight. Do it. We are at uh, ten to five in favor of tails now, coming yeah, into this are. flip. Yeah. And that is another tails. How is this happening? This, this is, is violating the laws of probability. It's right getting now. ridiculous. I feel like eventually the tides are going to turn, but tonight it's another tails, and that means we begin. With a game review. Game review. Okay, so we played Bethlehem Steel over the yes. weekend. And a nil-nil draw, yeah. which is always sort of kissing your sister. It's never fun. Yeah. Uh, there was, Depends who your sister is. Hey, dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> We're straying now. No, it's, uh, uh, um, no I'm, frankly, I, was, I wasn't really surprised by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll take... It's, you know, at the end of the day, a draw is better than a loss. Definitely. And a road, taking a point on the road is always okay. Like, you generally think that if at the end of the season you win your home games, which we have won every single one of them, Mm -hmm. and you draw on the road, you're going to be in great shape. Yeah. Because as long as you're getting a point out of those road games, you're going to be doing fine. Mm -hmm. And we got that. Uh, There weren't a lot of scoring opportunities for either side. City had very few chances in the box. Uh, Greg and the defensive unit stepped up, took care of their business. Yeah. There weren't there weren't very many. I think two or three real chances for Bethlehem to get in there. Yeah. And it, I think that you're coming down off the high of the U.S. Open Cup match. Which did you get to watch that? I did. You watched it from I watched uh, New Mexico. Chunks of it. I watched chunks that oh, you okay. sent me. I watched the important chunks. There you go. There you go. And uh, so you win this huge game against an MLS team. Everybody's amped up. You played a midweek game. And then you got to go on the road. Mm-hmm. Everybody's a little more tired. Mm-hmm. It's harder to get up for a team that's, you know, bottom, middle of the table. Uh, you know, I think that if this was a game against one of the the contenders in the East, maybe, yeah. maybe you bring a little more enthusiasm little more and energy. But uh, that, that sort of thing, it's just natural human nature. And Bethlehem executed their game plan. I mean, they came in saying they were going to gum up the works, and they did. And they did. And uh, made they're it fast. They they're faster than I ever would have given them credit yeah. for. I thought coming into the season that they looked like a side that was going to be a threat. Uh, it hasn't panned out for them that much mm-hmm. yet. I think they're sitting in eighth right now, which you know would get them in the playoffs. But right. uh, now they've never beaten us, have they? Uh, I believe that that is accurate. I believe no. Bethlehem Steel for their career against they've Lou City never beaten us. Some win, some draws, and some losses, and that's it. Uh, no goals conceded. It's always nice to get a clean sheet, uh, especially on the road where you're dealing yeah. with the hostile environment. There's just not that much to say about this game. The the Major bummer was not the result, but it was Cam going down with an injury. Uh, we got the tweet after the game from Cam saying that he's fine, that it was a separated shoulder mm-hmm. and a mild concussion, and that he would uh, be quick to mend. That's maybe some optimism from him. Maybe some, you know, I'm tough, I'll play soon. 
or maybe really we'll see him out there, you know, in a week. I have a really hard time imagining him playing this week after a hospital visit, uh, which means that I have a hard time imagining him playing in either our home match against Penn this week or the uh, Open Cup match against Nashville, and that's a heavy blow. Oh, yeah. Uh, But Ilya played fine. I think that our threat was blunted a little bit by the fact that uh, we didn't have a lot of speed out on the flanks until uh, until Ownby came on for the last 20-ish minutes. He played fine. He didn't look like quite the firebrand that he was in the Open Cup match where he was a stunner. No, yeah. But he played fine. It's hard to get the flow as a sub for just the last couple of minutes. And also... It's a midweek game leading into a weekend game. Everybody's a little tired. you got to get some minutes for uh, yeah. people off the bench. Yeah. It was fine. I mean, you didn't see George Davis. You didn't see uh, – obviously, we didn't see Luke Spencer, and we'll go into that here in a little while, which is a major bummer. Um, but all things considered, it was uh, about what you would expect from, a, mm-hmm. from a, a third of the way through the season – our games are starting to pile up a little bit now, yeah. and it was a little lackluster. Uh, they didn't play badly. I never felt like, "What are you doing?" I just it wasn't uh, wasn't their best effort. And Bethlehem played the game they wanted. You could tell they were happy with the draw. It reminded me a lot of the Indy game, yeah. Except that uh, they didn't get a cheap handball call like Indy did. Right. Uh, the and frankly, I think we played better in this one than we did in that Indy game, but. You could tell their game plan was similar. Just uh, hey, let's let's make this an ugly looking game and hope we get you know a, a ball to bounce the right way for us. Just don't give City anything easy to do. Yeah, and we had a close call. We had a close. It was almost a goal. Mm-hmm. Beginning of the game. Yeah, uh, that would have maybe changed the tenor of the whole thing if we yeah. sneak that one in. But we didn't. And you take your draw, you take your lumps, it and you move on. A zero-zero tie. It's just not much to talk about. Uh, I thought that, uh, in particular, you you see less from your wings in a game like this. Uh, in the yeah. interview you're about to hear with Pat, he talks about the work rate for Oscar and Kyle and how much they have to fly up and down the sides yeah. of the field. And that's the position where you, you wear down playing extra games. Is those guys are logging so many miles. And you didn't see quite as many overlaps from those guys. You didn't see quite as no. many runs down the sideline. Or uh, daring, you know, darts into the middle of the field. They were sort of holding their position, doing their jobs, making sure nothing got behind them. Yeah. And it's less attacking. It's less fun to watch. But you understand where it's coming from. Yeah. And it's not like they didn't still work their tails no. off. No, or no. And you know, from from an admittedly uh, uneducated point of view, I feel like that's kind of the blessing and the curse of playing your regular season. And a tournament like the Open Cup. Concurrently, that, yeah. You know what I mean? Is that, you know, how much... Obviously, you you focus, you put 100% effort into every single game. But at some point, you're kind of burning the candle at both ends. You definitely are. And there's been a lot of conversation on the podcasts and the radio shows and in the media about how much to care about the Open Cup versus the regular season. Yeah. which is Which is more important to do well in all of this stuff. And the bottom line is you just can't envision a scenario where Coach O'Connor doesn't say we're going to win out to win. And you can't envision any starting 11 that's not 
basically comprised of our starters. Right. So it's not like we can rest a whole bunch of dudes. And you also can't tell them, hey, don't go full force while you're out there. Right. And so you end up with basically the same level of effort and intensity, except that your intensity is naturally going to decline as you get tired. And it's naturally going to be less for a 7th, 8th, ninth place team yeah. than it is for an MLS team. And it's not that anybody went out there going, we're not going to try as hard tonight. It's just no, it's it's the just, nature of the beast. It is what it is. It is. I think that's the appropriate term for this game. We never really mixed up our tactics at all. Yeah. Uh, you you think maybe if if it was important to get points here, if like we were in trouble in the standings, yeah. or if this was coming down to the stretch, or if this was a playoff game, something like that, maybe you see us... Uh, try some more long balls. Right. Try to try to sort of skip over a level or two, right. but it, it it didn't ever feel like there was a sense of urgency from this team in this game, and that's because I don't think there was a sense of urgency. It was hey, let's play our game, let's get out of here as healthy as we can, wah wah, and uh, hope that uh, that we find a way to sneak into a goal, and it just never really had materialized. There was, it also kind of seemed like there was a surprising lack of corners just in general. Yeah. No, there, there, well, I mean, the ball was played mostly between the 18-yard boxes tonight. Right. And I feel like one of our biggest weapons in our arsenal is that once we have a team on the ropes, mm-hmm. we've got them on the ropes. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard for them to come back from it. Like, you know, we've talked a lot on the podcast about our defense and breaking up their midfield and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but I feel like... We've kind of not overlooked, but I mean, you have to admit that when we like put the pressure on a team, they feel it. Oh yeah, and they start making mistakes, and we start getting more corners. And I agree with that. I think that there's uh, that was some some super soccer analysis. There, See what I did there? That was that was like I'm soccer stuff. I'm really <laughs> impressed right now. I don't know how to handle this. Uh, I felt like you know that you're 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 spot on that our high press wasn't as effective in this game no. or as present maybe and that meant that we had fewer opportunities flying down the uh, the edges and that's where we generally see those corners coming from is uh, mm-hmm. is Davis and Ownby and Oscar and Kyle uh, making deep runs yeah. and then trying to cross the ball and desperate defenders blocking the ball across the end yeah. line now, there wasn't a lot of that, and uh, I think part of that is that's not as much a strength of Nile and Magnus. It's no. just not, and it's not that they don't play well, but they are sort of dependent on working through the middle of the field, and with the way Bethlehem was playing us, there wasn't a lot of middle of the field to work with. No. And so you don't see that wide action, you don't see the speed, you don't see the crosses into the box. And uh, that's that's the way that that's the way that cookie crumbles. I think there would have been some different adjustments and different player swaps in different circumstances, but here you take your draw, you take your lumps, you move on. And that's that's basically all I've got. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say about the uh, game review. That's it. Game preview time. Oh, man, I'll say that. Whew, got Penn FC coming up. Another Pennsylvania team, but this time it's at home. The island. The, the former Islanders, sorry. used to be the Harrisburg I City Islanders. Just, I just don't. That's what it is. It's dumb. on an island in Harrisburg. I don't care what it's on. Okay. It's <laughs> okay. I understand. It is on Harrisburg City Island, and uh, they, uh, but they rebranded as Penn FC for this season. When we say island, 
I just want to clarify something. When we say island, yeah. how big of a body of water surrounds it? Is I, it like... I'm an, pretty sure that it's one of the tributaries to the Ohio River. So we're talking about like... It may not be the Mahongahela or the uh, or the Allegheny, but it's a river like that. that so really, we're talking more of a large moat. Eh, sure, which would be awesome. It would by be the way, awesome. uh, in fact, maybe they should have gone as the Harrisburg City Motors. That would have been sweet. That would have been cooler. All right. Well, now now we fixed Pin FC's branding problem. Uh, they are. 11th in the league right now. They're having a hard time scoring goals. I think they've got 12 through 13 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are coming off two straight wins. Yeah, against but, uh, Richmond and Toronto. Yeah, and Toronto is hapless. Like I, I, You never want to discount a team because you watch them come out and beat us for nothing just because. Oh, yeah. But Toronto's been hapless. They've got two points through 13 or 14 games this year. That is, that's really bad. It's really bad. Yeah. And uh, this Richmond has been a disappointment. They've been bottom middle of the league throughout the year also. So you're talking about two of the bottom feeders that they've beaten. But you're coming off two wins. So you're feeling good about yourself. Yeah. And so you can't take anybody lightly. Uh, you're going to see a lot of... Uh, probably Tommy Heineman, who is their main striker. Mm-hmm. Uh, he of FC Cincinnati being cut or released and then having controversy about the state of his contract and why he was released and whether he disclosed an injury. And it went back and forth for about you know three days in the press and in the USL league office before he signed with Penn. So some shadiness on Cincinnati's side? It, it seems like on Cincinnati's side, like they just didn't honor the contract that they were supposed to. I mean, to. what do you expect from the people who killed Harambe? I, I expect nothing from them. <laughs> I'm just saying. And, uh, no, it's it's one of those things where he's a, he's a quality striker. He's a big dude, and he will put balls on net now. He hasn't been scoring as much this year, but he's also been derailed by some injury concerns throughout the season. I think he's got three goals. They've got another fella, Tribbett, I believe, who has four goals. They're, it's, Terrible last name. It's not good. They're not a strong attacking side. They have one fella, Minjavar or Minjavar, Minjivar. How's it spelled? A soft yay. Uh, M-E-N-J-I-V-A-R. Maybe soft J. Soft J. He, uh, he's sort of their creator. I think he's got 20 chances created through 13 games, which isn't bad. No. I mean, that's that's legitimately whipping some balls in. But he's yeah. only put three shots on goal this year, so he is purely a facilitator creator. Okay. But he's obviously somebody that we're going to have to watch that you hope that the guys bottle up, keep him from uh, making stuff happen. The real question to me, though, is not about Penn FC. It's about our team. It's about uh, how do we play. This is not a team that, if we come out ready for them, should give us too much trouble. Uh, If we are fully healthy and fully prepared, I think it's a throttling. I'm more worried about our health, and I'm more more worried about our preparation. Not because I ever think Coach O'Connor doesn't do a good job of preparing them, but it, again, becomes a question of, how much do we worry about overlooking them as yeah. we're about to face Nashville in the Open Cup the next week and a midweek game? Yeah. And I'm sorry, but if you walk away with a draw against Penn and beat Nashville, that's a bigger deal and a better deal than if you crush Penn and then, and then lose to Nashville. So I doubt they're overlooking anything, but 
you know, it is what it is. There's there, You can look forward to a huge game that would put us into the final eight of the U.S. Open Cup. Right. Or a random dog days of the season game against a middle bottom end team in the pack. But I also think that there's something to be said for taking advantage of the ability to rack up some points overall. I agree completely. I think that right now we are three points behind Cincinnati, but we have two games in hand against yeah. them. Cincinnati, I believe, plays a midweek game and another week game, so there will be three games ahead of us. Yeah. I don't like, even knowing that you know a couple of good showings and we would technically be ahead of them, I don't like having to look up at them even with games in hand. No. Uh, so it, you're right. It's games like this where you got to start building a cushion, getting some wins. These are the kind of games that are going to make a difference when you get to August, and you're looking at the standings, going, "Hey, are we going to yeah. have are we going to have home field advantage throughout? Yeah. Are we going to win the uh, Are we going to win the regular season? Mm-hmm. It's games like this that you got to find a way to get up for when there are people yeah. who are hurt. It's a team that you could easily overlook. You have got a big game during the week, the following week. This kind of game is the kind of game you got to win and not draw. Now, we have won every single home game this year. Mm-hmm. Open Cup wins. Yeah. Preseason home games wins. wins. Games at Slugger for the regular season wins. wins. All wins. Now is not the time to let that home field advantage slip away. And no. also, I'm sorry, but this is the kind of game that builds momentum for the fan base. As much as it yeah. is for, because the weather should be good. Should yeah. be. I don't know. I haven't looked at the radar, but I mean, it's a, you know. I mean, it's supposed to be like cloudy it's a, or something. It's a middle of June game in Louisville. Yeah. Barring torrential downpours, it ought to be nice weather. Yeah. You got to get the, you got to get fans in the seats for this. Get people excited. You got to take advantage of the open cup win. Build some momentum for the fan base because right now our, our tennis hasn't been great. It's not been bad by any stretch. No, but I feel like we, especially the first few games, there are some 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 weather. Sure, that kept people away. Sure, but right now you just got a big open cup win. You're the defending USL champions. School is now out. You've got what should be nice weather coming. Now's when you start building momentum. If you draw a couple of these games, or if you drop a game like this. Mm-hmm. It just sort of it defeats the momentum of the fan base because, you know, there are 4,500 people who are going to come to the game regardless of the weather, regardless of how the team's doing, regardless yeah. of who's playing. It doesn't matter. 4,500 people. It's those other 6,000 people that would be happy to come to a game that you've got to convince it's worth being here every week. Right. Like, don't just show up for the Cincinnati game or for the Open Cup game. Yeah. Don't just come in because, you know, you got free tickets for Teacher's Night. Don't don't show up. you got to be here every week because you never know when Oscar's going to score from 40 yards. Right. You never know when yeah. Greg's going to make an unbelievable save. Now's the time to build some momentum. Win a game. And I, I'm not predicting this. I'm just saying win a game 7-1, yeah. to one, you know, yeah. where, the, where you get the people going, holy crap. Well, and, you know. Kind of in the same vein, this, I feel like this is also a game that has the potential for us to have those rock star moments. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Oscar, like, just nailing one yeah. from way out. Right. Have those rock star moments. You sure. Know, get, some, get some scoring off a corner. Yep. Get some, like, some... We have just, not been scoring off corners no, this year. it really bugs me. Yeah. And the short corners are killing me. Yeah, they drive me nuts, killing too. Killing me. I, I hate them, too. So, this is the kind of game where I'd like to see us 
do some damage. I'm not really expecting it. Uh, if we do predictions, I'm going to go with a 2-1 win for the good guys. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go big. I'm going to say 3-0. 3-0? I would love a 3 I think that we go out there. We're coming off a big win in the Open Cup. Mm-hmm. Coming them out. So we have that energy. But we're also coming off a draw. And a little season. disappointment. A little yeah. disappointment. So I think that there's... Some some victorious energy mixed with some spite. Okay. If anything, toward ourselves. Like, sure. We can, we're better than this. This is Bethlehem Steel. Like nothing against Bethlehem Steel, but no. like pride in yourself, not shame in the other team. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we see some some viciousness. See, and I've got one of the goals at least being scored by Ilya, because I think that he's going to spend this whole week. I don't know how much social media stuff he pays attention to, how many articles he reads. I don't know any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But if he pays attention to any of it, he's going to be spending the whole week hearing how, you know, oh, my gosh, Cameron's out and Luke's Mm -hmm. out and what are we going to do? And and Ilya's like, man, you've got a striker right here. Yeah. And so I think he puts one home this week just because, you know, screw you guys. You know, I'm I'm the striker. Yeah. They're going to have to take this job from me. That's what I want to see from Ilya this week is to truly own it. Mm-hmm. Come out and be and be the man because he's never had to be the man. Right. He started games for us and he's yeah. played well for us. He's played well this year, but he's never had to be the man. Right. He's going to have to be the man for a little bit here. Mm-hmm. So, I think we see something as at least one of them from Ownby. Okay. Um, because even in the Bethlehem Steel game, I mean, he had some shots, and yeah. you could see the frustration that it they, they just didn't falling. pan out for him. Yeah. Um. And I, I still would love to see the the corner from Oscar yeah. to Paco. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Golden ray of light shining down upon him as he as he puts a header into the goal. It's it's gonna happen. Has to. It's gonna happen. I think I think two one. I like your three nil prediction. I hope that you're right. I will now at this moment give you your credit. It's been pointed out on Twitter. We've gotten I've gotten some trash talk at me about oh. the fact that you, Andy Frederick, <laughs> correctly <laughs> predicted the three to two victory in the US Open Cup match. Not only did you correctly predict the score, mm-hmm. you predicted one of the goal scorers when you said that you thought Cam would get one and he did. Mm-hmm. You also predicted that it would not be a, like, we got three goals and they came at you. You said it would be back and forth, and it was. You called that game perfectly, and you deserve a lot of credit. I don't have any, I don't have any other, I can't, I can't even deride you about it. <laughs> you called it, and congratulations. I hope you're right again this week. Me too. <laughs> God, me too, or I'm just going to look like an idiot. Now, we'll say uh, conjecture, like loose conjecture. Sure. Too. Like, let's sure. not, let's. It's called spade a spade. If, if, you, like. <laughs> if, you get, if you get this one right and it's 3-0 and Paco scores a uh, soaring header, you're going to have to retire. Like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm, two, I'm two for two. I'm out. I'm done. So, uh, all right. Well, I hope that that's the case. Now we have uh, covered what we really need to cover in terms of game review and game preview. And now, as promised, mm-hmm. we shoot you out to an interview. Oh, man. And it was a lot of fun. He's a great guy. I hope the sound quality is decent because Heine Brothers was uh, it was cooking. Like, they had some folks in there. Yeah, which but, is awesome, except I wish that family would have shut up. Go away, family. Right. Yeah. Go away. There were, there were, there were people chatting. So uh, we'll, we're going to find out what kind of sound editor I am. I hope that you enjoy this interview with Pat McMahon and uh, Andy Frederick.
All right, welcome back. We are here at an undisclosed location. Still a Heine Brothers. All right, it might be Heine Brothers. We're here at a Heine Brothers, and we are joined tonight. We're extremely excited to be joined tonight. Honored, really. I think uh, honored is probably the right yeah. word. We're honored to be joined tonight by Pat McMahon. Pat, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Welcome to the In the House podcast. Uh, we're going to try not to make things horribly awkward on you tonight, but we are going to ask questions that will uh, it'll put you on edge. That's the goal here. Is... In that vein, I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to say this. You are more handsome in person than on TV. Oh, I want you to know thank that. You. Appreciate I want you that. to know that. See, and I was thinking he was more handsome in, uh, on the field than he is here. But, uh, Running around. There's like, a, there's like a subtle, tough vulnerability to you right now. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I'm probably a bit nervous. A bit nervous, but... There's no reason to be nervous <laughs> because that is... what my wife says. Yeah. Other than when he asks you to shake your hair down later, that is the last time that he's going to hit on you. It's going to come up. Um, no, we're, we're really excited that you'd be here tonight. We're really excited to have you with the team. Uh, your oh, first yeah. year with uh, Lou City couldn't be having a better season on the field, I don't think. Yeah, no, it's been great. I mean, uh, coming into a new team, you never know. Um, but everyone, coaches, players, just, you know, accepted me as for who I am and all that. And we... You know, I just got down to work in preseason, so yeah. this has been going well. And did you think before you showed up that there was some aspect of your game that was going to translate really well to what Lou City tries to do? Um, yeah, talking to James before, you know, just like high press. I know um, very like uh, winning the ball higher up and uh, that type of style. I think a lot of the teams that I was with before would do a similar uh, uh, similar thing and then just talking with him you know team environment team player and just trying to stay consistent I can see how the high press would really suit your game you seem like a really high work rate player uh, we've we've heard horror stories about the conditioning that was forced on you guys down at IMG is that uh, do you feel like that helped or do you think that that was already an important part of your game um, no I think it, it definitely helped I mean I was warned about it but yeah. you never you never really know until you go down and experience it so mm -hmm. it was uh, yeah there was there were some days where I was I was contemplating yeah. like <laughs> am I, should I keep doing this oh my gosh am I getting old or what yeah but they make everyone was cars going through down there. Uh, <laughs> my, my cousin, the accountant, is sitting in the air conditioning right now. Yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, I can imagine, but uh, the heat down there probably comparable to what we're going through at uh, this part of the season. Yeah, I'd say it was even a little cooler, So, but okay. it's definitely good going down there, you know, leading into the beginning of the season because going down there, dealing with the heat, I think becoming fit before, right. like a lot of teams, you know, they might not be doing as much fitness then so then we can really hit the start of the season you know with you know, being fit as we can and, yeah. and really taking you it just the them on the field better yeah exactly you know, our, yeah right <laughs> flick their ear yeah <laughs> making fun of guys who didn't train as hard yeah. um we play generally at the back right now it's been you playing on the back with paco and with sean tosh uh, we had we have had the entire Blue City back line yeah. on the podcast thus far. Nice. We started with Alexi, 
We then moved on to Paco. We then had Sean, and now you. We wanted to get the whole Perfect. group yeah, back line. Okay. Just for continuity, sake. yeah, right. And uh, you have had some experience with some of the guys in the back line before. You played with Sean in Ro in uh, Rochester. Yep, yep. Played with Sean. Um, he played uh, left back uh, with Rochester as well as yeah. like uh, defensive mid. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, I mean, we had success there, and obviously coming coming here, you know, I knew what type of player he is, and you know, we would. He's from Chicago as well, so we can obviously the winners. We would train together, so it was. I mean, it's good to just know somebody and be able to, you know, kind of have the same style, yeah. of, like play it's a little back easier to mesh. Yeah, yeah, right. And I like the modesty right from go. He says they had some success in Rochester. <laughs> Uh, one of the truly great teams in the history of the yeah. USL. Uh, that was your. That was uh, that was a championship season for you guys. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I mean, uh, especially Sean now having two two rings. Two's in, pretty uh, good. Yeah. In three years, I was like, okay, I gotta I gotta follow him. I guess. But, <laughs> go go know? where the rings are. Yeah, it's like a damn right. rabbit's foot. Thank you. Right. <laughs> now I imagine then that you are in the same. Uh, boat that Andy and I are in, which is that we would like to find some way to steal one of the guy's rings. Do you happen to know where any of the guys keep them in their rooms, and uh, whether or not any of them would fit Andy's disgusting ham fingers? If you want to slip us a key, bleed twice. Yeah, alright. Uh, no, I don't know. Sean, hopefully you're not listening. But, uh. For the record, he blinked three times, which yeah. I don't I even don't know what that, that means. means. I, don't. I forgot to bring my decoder. There's a rope hanging from a balcony. <laughs> no, uh, we're hopeful that we move on and get, your, get you a loose City ring this year. Yeah. Um, so you ended up in Louisville now. You came from Cincinnati. That is one of the major arch rivals, the major arch rival yeah. for Lou City. Uh, what's it like playing on both sides of a rivalry like this? Yeah, you know, um, I was a bit nervous, I guess, coming here is coming from Cincinnati. You know, you never know how the fans but like right from the start fans were all supportive they're we like, a welcoming people right yeah so but I, I i didn't know you know um but i think yeah playing on both sides it's more i mean you're on the team and you're with a group of guys so it's now like this year going back playing against cincinnati like i, I wanted to beat them you know absolutely yeah. say when i was with cincinnati or rochester when we played you guys you know i you know um, I still I, haven't completely forgiven you guys for beating us in the Eastern Conference Finals that year either. I, I mean, yeah, I, most of the way there, but I'm not there yet. Yeah, that, that was a good game. I, it was. <laughs> I like to. I like to think that we are way more welcoming of players coming in than we are of players coming back. Yeah. Uh, we've had uh, some experience with some of the guys who played for City and went elsewhere, who maybe aren't welcomed back with such open arms. And it, it seems to be team-specific. Yeah. Uh, the, the guys who went to Cincinnati much less appreciated than the guys who came, came from, from Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah, I can see. I mean, especially talking uh, talking with Luke, you know, mm. he came down there from Cincinnati the year before, and he had nothing but good things to say. So he was he was someone that I talked to in the offseason and, and realized, like, yeah, this, is, this would be a good move for me and, and obviously be able to go back and uh, – 
beat Cincinnati is twice. Was nice. Yeah, yeah twice. And uh, clean sheets both times. Yeah. That was good. Now, we've heard legendary stories about donuts and bagels being provided when uh, when the defense pitches a shutout. Right. Are you guys uh, are, are you guys holding Greg and Dobro to that or are they uh, Yeah, no, they uh, they show up. Um, usually they'll bring bagels. Mm-hmm. Um, cuz we sometimes have donuts just for other random like uh, things for training, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, they've been they've been consistently bringing them in. So you know, you guys keep good breakfast for, uh, mm-hmm. for before training on one of the yeah. days. Some cream cheese. Yeah, some cream cheese there. Some schmear. Some schmear. You got schmeared on there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's always exciting for the team when when uh, we get a, get zeros, and I'm just waiting for the day when they start just distributing bagels across the city. <laughs> showing up. Yeah. We, should, we should work with that. Uh, I don't understand. It gets a shutout. I think the back line and the keepers should start working on a sponsorship deal now with local bagel shops. Oh yeah, and be perfect. At the very least, be getting you guys some free bagels. Yeah, start saving money. Do the first like twenty people in for the day get. Free we bagels, are. You, you know? can after the game, you Maybe toss you bagels can. from a sack I mean, into yeah. your credit. <laughs> we are like the day olds. <laughs> <laughs> we are a money-making machine here on the In the House podcast. Uh, you came from Cincinnati. We've covered that you played for Rochester before that, but you were pretty well traveled before you made it to the USL. Yeah, um, you know, I I talked to another teammate that I played with, and the first after college, I was like, all right, I want to keep playing, so. Um, I ended up going on a bunch of trials, and the one thing that worked out was going uh, to Australia, playing over there uh, in the Brisbane League, so like semi-pro league, but obviously you're playing a full season, getting games, um, and one of my like good coaches, Brett Hall, who uh, is from Chicago, he's the one that kind of kept my career going, basically, right. you know, training with him and all that, and uh, he just said, you know, you got to get, you got to get games, and just find any team you can play with, and. and and keep going. And it just—it's terrible when you're stuck playing games in Australian weather. Yeah, right. It's, it's, it's so sunny, and you know, yeah, brutal. And winters are only get down to like 45 maybe at night. Uh, Coming straight yeah. out of college, I don't know how, I you, I don't know how you right. suffered through it. That sounded. I know, it was it was it was a tough two two years, but. I made it through. So. It sounded like it was a tough two years on the other teams because again, our modest man here. Mm-hmm player of the year while you were down there it's not just like you were you know hanging out yeah i mean i obviously wanted to continue to get better so i can either make it back to u.s mls uh just kind of turn semi-pro into a professional contract and and that was the main goal but yeah and that Um, worked out and that worked out yeah i did i mean there was i think three other or two other american guys that i went down there with so us We'd only train twice a week in games then. So then the other days we would have just trained by ourselves, you know, and get, I think that kind of helped me develop to just focus on like me as an individual kind of, and then, uh, you know, move forward that way. And that shows such a level of self-determination to do this. It's one thing if you're playing on a team and they say, hey, practices this time, you've got to be there. It's a lot, you're investing in yourself when you're saying nobody's making me be out here working i'm gonna do it for me yeah right right i think that was yeah one thing that i learned from uh obviously one guy brett and then going down there having them who are similar they they ended up one guy ended up playing in sweden for five six seasons Mm -hmm. um in the second division over there and then another guy did the same thing went over to sweden but had to retire for injury reasons and all that but um 
you know, just being able to surround yourself too, I think, with the right people. Um, and which I think here, Louisville City, it seems to be the, I mean, everyone working together and like wanting to do the right thing, so. Well, that's one of the things people constantly talk about, both the players, the fans, the journalists, everybody that we've had any uh, contact with for this show, all talk about sort of the unity of the group and how maybe it's uh, a lot of really good players, but that the team is even better just based on the community and uh, the, the, the method of togetherness that sort yeah, of formed. Right. Yeah, I think... Uh but maybe it was in like physics. Is it in like synergy or something Synod- like that? Is, is that I, it's, you can't. No, it was man. something like that. I remember that. Uh, Who are you trying to impress right now, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel awkward for myself. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm embarrassed uh, yeah, for me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send, I'm gonna send flowers and an apology <laughs> you, to my high school out, physics. You yeah. pulled out synergy. I was oh, literally God. about to make the comparison to the Transformers that <laughs> jumped together, and, made the, and you had to oh, go with those, synergy. I, hey, that, it still works though. Oh, it yeah. does, but oh, God. Comes yeah, we're, goes. yeah, we're uh, we're Voltron and he's Mealborn. Yeah. that's not fr- that's no. that's a little frustrating. Okay, I gotta I gotta cleanse the palate from that one <laughs> that a little was bit. Rough. And in order to cleanse the palate, I'm gonna I'm gonna make fun of you a little bit about during your time in Cincinnati. Right. Uh, as marketing departments are prone to do, they uh, they put you in touch <laughs> with some of the morning shows, and those guys put you through the paces. It's a lot of smiling, a lot of. Uh, yeah, come out to the game. We're right. playing great. Yeah. But not only did they make you do that, they also made you cook for them. Is that right? Yep. They uh, wanted me to make some type of uh, dish that someone can make for games or whatnot. So, yeah, I ended up making uh, taco dip, um, and it was it was pretty good. It's guacamole on top uh, for the green field, and then lined it with some sour cream. So. And the reason, the main reason I bring this up <laughs> is to throw a shout out to Shannon Allward, who makes a very similular mm-hmm. dish for Scouse's House Tailgates. I'm going to have to try this. And, and you are welcome anytime. It's fantastic. <laughs> Although I'll be, I'll be shocked if Coach O'Connor is uh, waiting around in the locker room before games while we're out there tailgating. Yeah, going, right. That's anybody want to go out there? And, uh, <laughs> Although I would love yeah, to see the faces of people if you <laughs> walk through the tailgate no just like full like full, full party just i'm just, just, I'm just here for the dip, dip. Yeah. all right i'm out <laughs> it's not quite as good as mine you should add some bell pepper <laughs> i gotta go warm up okay uh don't, don't look up the video though it's not it's not good. i'm absolutely <laughs> gonna look up <laughs> yeah. it, it's uh it's one of those things where i always try to think of what it must feel like to be asked to do something like that and also whether or not you made the one that was in the video did you make that one that they showed or did you give them the recipe yeah and no I, pa I, put it together yeah, no, no, i actually made the one the, the final one in the video because initially i thought okay they want me to do it online like or right on like, air or whatever right. so i had the every all the ingredients laid out and then i was like there's no way i'm gonna i had like a minute and a half there. i was like there's no way i can whip this together so i like <laughs> spread some beans on the bottom tray and i'm like then and then i just talked about the rest but and I, the fit yeah the finished one was done and then i i ended up making one and then i brought it in for uh for the guys for before training nice. after training nice. it. so i was like you know really might done. as well yeah well that's that's just that's just good teammates right, right yeah there. i had to you know Show them what was up. So. And uh, is it just the one layer of beans? 
Yeah, it's like beans. Well, what what I'm asking is how gassy is it going to make me if I try to make it? Uh, could be rough. Could be rough. Depends, depends on what quantity you eat, you moose. Come on, man. Teammates are just pooting down. Yeah, right. <laughs> We'll, we'll put some in the opponent's locker room before the game. Yeah, like, they were That'd so friendly. Mm-hmm. No. Fried beans, regular <laughs> beans. <laughs> and then uh, you played in Cincinnati last year. Yep. You play in Louisville now. Mm-hmm. This is Andy is from Louisville. Mm-hmm. I am very marginally from Cincinnati. No, you're pretty from Cincinnati. <laughs> I lived there for 20 years you're of like, my life, but like, it wasn't my fault. Yeah. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> I had zero choice in the matter for the first 15 of those. Yeah, that's fair. And the last five, poverty meant I had yeah, no choice. Right, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but because I lived there as much as I did, I only brought one thing with me from Cincinnati, and that was my love of their Skyline Chili. Oh, Andy no. is a Louisville man <laughs> who says, no, there's been... I love Skyline. I didn't know you were you going You just with make it. fun of me about it constantly. I, yeah, because technically it's gross. But <laughs> <laughs> so you were there for two years. Did you pick up a taste for the uh, the Cincinnati tradition? Um, well, I only had it once, and it was I think maybe the second year. And I was like, all right, I got I have to try it. You know, everyone's mm-hmm. talking about it. And then got I got a Coney as well because I hear those. Yeah, are, you know, yeah that's just good. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'll do that. And the I forget like the three way, five way. I forget how many. The, depends on yeah, I forget. Depends on how much beans so and onions. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up getting that. Um, tried it. I didn't finish it all. So Understood. I was like, I'm like, all right. I think that's maybe the first and last time I have it. But <laughs> all right, man. It might not, not your cup of tea. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Man, but, but, I, but I have new had. Stuff. I have had uh, the concepts good because I actually uh, roommate had some chili and then I had pasta mm-hmm. and I put the actual homemade yeah the pasta. That's but I think it's just a skyline version is a little yeah it's a it's, it's a very northern chili thing to do is yeah. to do chili with noodles. It yeah. is my firm firm belief that if people would stop calling it chili, more people would like it. It's not chili. My family's from the south. And they hated it, every yes. one of them. But I don't think of it as chili. It doesn't have beans. It doesn't have chili powder. It doesn't have chili beans. Right. Why call it chili? Right. Just call it Skyline. Skyline, yeah. And then people, yeah, will be more, people will be more accepting of it at that point. Because I don't think of it as chili. I just think of it as delicious. Yeah. There's been some debate on Twitter between Cincinnati fans, Louisville fans, the front office at Louisville. Some other players. I know that Kyle Smith is a fan of Skyline due to all of uh, the Twitter conversations. And I'll just say that if Kyle ever wants to come out to Skyline, uh, it's my treat. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I, I will but dig in. He's not, not before a game. Not yeah, training. Say, probably, <laughs> probably during the offseason, yeah, to be honest okay, with you. Yeah. Something that he could work off That's over the two or three weeks. Right. Ugh, gross. Uh, so, you spend a lot of time talking about Skyline. It's because I love Skyline, man. <laughs> Stop calling it chili, though. Yeah. I'm trying to start a movement. All right. Just Skyline. Exactly. Right. But, uh, all right, we'll move on. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, overseas, you did Australia, and you also played some time in Sweden. Yeah, I went to Sweden uh, after that. went um, back to Chicago and did, like, uh, this... Uh, Kind of the coach, the Brett, helped me out, and then he takes a team over to Europe every summer um, to play other professional teams over there, either like 
top division teams in Denmark, uh, Netherlands, uh, Sweden, sometimes Germany and stuff, Finland. Um, so I ended up signing with the second division uh, club over there. Um, stay like the where the actual stadium was there was probably like 5,000 people but mm -hmm. we stayed in like a smaller town it was like 25,000 um, but I enjoyed the time over there it was like very slow paced you know didn't have a car it was like walking into town to you know go grocery shopping and then walking back stuff like that um, so for me it was That's yeah it was, right yeah <laughs> up and down the hill yeah or uphill both ways. Doing hot cats yeah, all the way. Right. <laughs> carrying carrying the, groceries right, on your back. Right, right. And um, your teammates on your back. Yep, yep. Pulling them up up the hill. Um, but no, it was a good experience. I enjoyed it over there too. Um, Soccer-wise was also great. I, I ended up actually being signed as like a defensive mid more. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, which I hadn't really played there uh, too much, but that was the role that they needed so I'm like yeah, yeah of course so getting the opportunity I'm gonna do that and I think it, it helped me kind of learn a different position um, usually I'm playing from the back going forward but there it's like you got to check your shoulder you got to play a little quicker and know, mm -hmm. know what's going on so in that aspect I think it, it definitely helped my game and so other than in that instance had you played on the back line your whole career otherwise yeah pretty much I, I guess I did play a little defense mid in Australia but that was for injury purposes, it right? You know, um, but yeah. Besides that, then yeah, college center back. Even growing up, it was basically outside back or like uh, sweeper, I guess back then. You know, um, and then outside back was kind of like the role that I went into. And now here, it's more of the outside uh, center back. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. But Basically. do you feel like you have much positional flexibility if it came to that? Like, uh, do you feel like, say, uh, Paolo says, you know, I feel like playing on the back line today. Right. Let's, let's swap. How, for, how uh, do you feel about it for a half? Yeah, I think I, I could do that anywhere, back line there, or even out wide. You know, I sure. know it's, I mean, Oscar and uh, Kyle, they'll cover a lot of ground. They do. Down, yes, so they that's do. the one thing that's... It's a lot of running. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will, uh, I'll mention that we have just today found out that uh, Luke Spencer has uh, had surgery and will be missing, they say, at least six weeks. Yep. Everybody's, everybody's bummed about that just because he's great to watch out on the field. Everybody's wishing him a speedy recovery and a full recovery. But uh, so how do you feel about playing striker? Because oh, yeah. we're down. <laughs> I, can, I can try. I can, yeah. <laughs> Depending on Cam's shoulder, we may be down to one striker at this point. And Ilya is great. Right. But if uh, Ilya, you know, decides to go into full rampage mode and get a red card, are you the man to step up into that nine spot? Um, I mean, possibly. I think it was my first team. I was on the Tigers growing up, and I think I was six years old. I <laughs> I think I had several hat tricks that season. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it was a couple of years after that, and then I slowly started moving back, back further and further. I don't know why, but. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say that when you said that you'd mostly played in the back for your career, I was like, I'm betting that most professional soccer players, when they were 6 to 10, were probably scoring goals, regardless yeah. of yeah. what else right. was going on. Yeah, most of the time, yeah, I guess growing up, I mean. You're kind of running around all over the field until like later on once it's organized. So, yeah. But uh, I might have a goal or two in minutes. There you so. go. Yeah, let your hair down, man. But, yeah, you know. <laughs> when you do, you ever that'll consider that would be always, my celebration? I've always like whatever you know. It, this is a ridiculous question, but I've legitimately always wondered this. 
have you ever considered pulling the bun down and just going like full bang while you're playing? Nah, I think it's, then it's just, like a melee weapon. Right, like, you, you just know. whip people in the eye. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Go up on a corner for a head ball. Yeah, and knock just, two or three yeah. Out. not even trying to get the ball, just like. Yeah. Uh, nah, I don't think. Uh, yeah, it'd be too much. I think it'd get in my own way then. Yeah. yeah. When I was first growing it out, though, it would kind of like dangle down and I'd have to keep, you know, swiping well, your arm you over know, it. Till, yeah, whipping, whipping your hair to the <laughs> yeah. side. And, so the locks are a uh, pretty easy, um, recognizable trait of yours out on the field. It's uh, it's quick to be quick to be spotted. Uh, right. Have you uh, have you considered going not long hair on the field, or are you committed completely to the uh, to the long hair? No, I've definitely uh, considered that. I mean, I grew it out once before, and it was probably had it for you know long, maybe for two years. And then at some point, you know, you're just like, all right, yeah. it's time for a change. Let's, you know, and I've kind of gotten to a point where I think within a year or so, like, I'll probably dread. switch it up. Yeah, I might dread it for a little bit. <laughs> just and then the terrible, the yeah. terrible white boy dread yeah, face. Yeah. <laughs> Do that maybe for six months and then shave yeah. it off. But, I, had, um, yeah. I had the great fortune of knowing Andy for the last 20 years. And in that time period, fortune for it, he, yeah. uh, there was a uh, an ill-conceived period of his college career where he had shoulder-length hair. Oh yeah, there and then he go. pulled back into the uh, the high pony. Very Dave Grohl-y. Nice. Is it was, what I was told. Yeah, your hair Dave is Dave Grohl. Your hair is much more luxurious. It's than his so hair. much better than mine. Yeah, <laughs> this like a straight. Uh, yeah, I'm fortunate where it's like curly kind of. So mine did this yours weird was like, like the appropriate word is lank. It was it would it would go straight down and yeah. flip up on the end. Oh, right, and right. it had this weird fifties like housewife thing yeah. going on. Almost like he curled really... the bottom. Or yeah, almost like was on, on, that, on yeah. purpose. I was like, right. this will get him. <laughs> this will get the ladies. <laughs> It did not. No, Spoiler not, alert. It's not shocking that it took him another 15 years to get married yeah. at that point. Yeah. Um, I know I had somewhere I was going to go with this, and now it's completely no, you gone. Didn't. It's completely gone. No, you did. You did. Don't think about it, though. All right. We won't think about it. But then we'll just continue traveling back in time and uh-huh. ask one of my the, one of the things that I'm always interested in. Was it always soccer for you? Like when you were in high school, were you thinking, you know, hey, I'm a really good long jumper, or I'm a, uh, I'm a terrific point guard, or was it just um, I'm playing soccer? Yeah. Um, funny you say long jumper because I actually did track and I was a long jumper, high jump, and 200 meter. That's just the kind of research we do yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. you know, it kind of <laughs> seems like a logical, like nothing about anybody who played soccer professionally would surprise me if they said I had some experience with track. The amount of yeah. running that you all have. Right, to, you right. Know, like, track or cross country. Um, but yeah, I guess high school it was kind of, I did like cross country, track, uh, basketball, mm-hmm. and then soccer. Like growing up most of the time. My sophomore year in high school was, I finally stopped playing basketball. I was like, all right, I just want to focus on both track and, and uh, soccer. And then going into my senior year, I gave up track and I was like, all right, I'm just going to do soccer, you know, try and get a scholarship and do sure. all that. You know, I'm like, all right, I'm pretty good. And then uh, after that, then it was, yeah, college. I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep trying to do play soccer as long as I can. But it kind of took me a little bit into college, I think, before I kind of realized, like, right. 
that I can actually make it to the next level. There might be some possibility. Yeah, yeah. So that's always been that was honestly where I was going next was because I always wonder what that feeling must be like because I know what it felt like the day I realized that I could make money being a inventory supervisor. And it was a special day for me. And I was like, you know, I don't think I should do this amateur anymore. I think yeah, I should go pro. What but, were you doing amateur? Was like, what inventory supervision were you doing at an amateur? It was mostly level? supply chain coordination. I was just mostly beating you at Settlers of Catan. Like, that was how I realized. Um, no. Great game. What that, it is a great game. You are welcome oh to join God. us anytime. Anytime you want to join okay. and help us gang up on Evan. Yeah. Okay. I'm annoyingly good at that game. It is. Yeah. Um, although my wife's won the last two. That's so true. That's, she that's is, your wife is technically the lady of Catan. Right now. She had never won in uh, eight years of playing, and wow. she's now won the she's last two consecutive two in rooms. Rooms. Yeah, She's figured it out. She has. I think we're all in trouble. So I, I, I'm going to retire. Yeah, I have right, won twice in eight years. I'll okay. take them, though. Okay. Yeah. I'll take them. I mean, they're good. W's they're a memorable w, right? now, right? Yeah. You know, you know the exact time. And I'll say that we play ten times a week, and they've won four times. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I don't right? play anything close to that. Um, but no, what that must have felt like the day you thought, you know, I, I can, I can go make some money doing this, and then yeah. not just that, but then hey, I can make this my job. Right. Yeah, I think it was um, obviously going um, playing against other like professional teams kind of showed me that a little bit um, when I was going to trials after college I was like all right I'm gonna stick with this because it did take me because I finished school I think I was 23 maybe just turning 23 somewhere around there 22 um, and then I didn't sign my first professional contract until I was 26 so it had like two years basically of like trial and just working odd jobs on the side you know so then I was like right, yeah I can make it there and I, and I think that helped me, you know, pushing to make it there. Because then I was also working on it. I'm like, I don't want to do this quite yet. Or like right. talking to other friends who kind of were, I'd say, even better than me. And they kind of gave it up. And then, then I'm talking to them and they're like, it's working. And they're like, oh, no, just, we should try and keep going. So um, it was a good feeling though. Like once I signed a contract, I'm like, okay, I can keep this going for a little while and kind of enjoy basically how much like my parents sacrificed and family as well you know paying for everything growing up tournaments Camps all that stuff you know driving to and from training and stuff because they, they enjoy coming to the games and all that so it's kind of a way that i feel like i kind of give back to them and bring us together too, yeah which is cool. i always regret that uh, my parents spent all of that money on my soccer camps and now i'm playing for the greyhounds <laughs> in an over 30 in the oh, league it's good. but you're it a very successful podcast yeah. right. we, we right. do it's extremely successful right um we uh we've talked about you playing in the back and i wonder if you think that there is a specific skill set that matters most to playing on the back line because when you're talking about uh, making it into professional soccer, or realizing you can be a pro—it's—it's it's kind of easy if you're playing in the—if you're playing as a striker or as an attacking player to be able to say, "Man, I'm still scoring like two goals a game. Clearly, right. I can keep going." Right. Uh, what's the mindset, and what are you thinking? This is what I have to focus on when there's not as much of an easy, obvious result from the yeah. back line. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's probably more of like if you can win your one-on-one -on -one battles against so the new guys coming coming in or, or like attackers you're going up against as long as you're not getting beat all the time or giving up goals um, 
I'd say for defender though, it's kind of being consistent, being like focused the whole time, and, and being able to organize in front of you. Um, probably communication, and then obviously the technical aspects of like long balls, good, good in the air, um, and then being able to time challenges, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's more. I think uh, obviously year to year, it's. I still think. You know, I'm not getting beat. That guy can't the corner beat me. Yet, so right. I'm like, I can yeah, take that working. guy. Right. And, uh, yeah, every year it's, you know, reassess how, how the year went and all that. Um, but, yeah, so far it's, it's been working out. Now, I'm glad that you mentioned that because we have talked on this podcast during the non-interview portions of the podcast about oh. how uh, that we think that the strongest attribute of our back line as a whole is positioning. That uh, you guys are all completely capable athletes and good enough to do whatever it is that needs to be done physically on the field, but that the reason that this back line has been so good for the last three years is that regardless of which pieces we've plugged in, everybody felt confident that they would be where they were supposed to be. Uh, you've pl- we talked about the fact that you've played with Sean before. How do you forge that kind of relationship with Paco and Alexi and Kyle when he has to fill in back there about making sure that everybody is where they are supposed to be? Yeah, I think that just comes down to probably the communication aspect, you know. Um, I think we all read the game and that's the positional wise, you know, as a defender reading the cues of like whether the guy's going to hit it long or the guy, you know, you're watching video maybe from the game before so you know the right. tendencies of the, of the guy um, but I'd say building the bond it's more of uh, communication and then having the trust in each other that you know he's going to be there and he's going to help you out when, right. when you when you get beat and stuff like that and then it's just obviously going through preseasons and like now the games and now that we've had success of, of uh, you know shutouts and that goes from like strikers all the way down though the whole team defense has been able to have success and that just uh, kind of solidifies like a bond that okay I can trust you you can trust me like things are working out um, and yeah the positional aspect I think it's we all read the game pretty well and then communicate if someone's out of sorts you know you just tell them to tuck in or, um, and that's I'd say that's the main thing now you're still quite a bit younger than Andy and I but for uh, the USL you're a veteran right uh what kind of responsibility do you feel with uh, players like Alexi who are maybe, you know, just starting their careers out to be able to sort of both compete with him for a job and also impart this is what you need to be doing, this is how to be a professional. Do you, how, do you marry, how do you marry those two inclinations? Like, A, I need you to not be as good as me. Yeah, right. And B, I want you to be as good so as you can be for the team. Right. Um, I would say first is probably, for me, it's like... Um, more, uh, I guess, not role model, but I'm not as like vocal, so it's more of like being professional on and off the field right. type of aspect that that he can take. Sort of some leadership from, by yeah, example. Leader, yeah, that's yeah, that's what I'm looking for. And then uh, same with Alexi, it's more of uh, uh, he he might ask me questions about certain things, or I'll see like maybe he's covering too tight, or you know, and then we'll just have like conversation after, and it's just yeah, I want him to be more successful than me you know like people I play with you know I want them to, to surpass what I did like I want people to go to MLS because like, that was one one of the goals that I set for myself coming out of college and uh, obviously now it's like I'm getting older not going to make it but 
see Let's helping not other say people. that. You most, don't know, yeah, man. I mean, mo- most likely, but I'm still I'm comfortable with it, and I've I've enjoyed the USL, and I think USL is cooler. Being anyway, able to put, yeah, that. right, yeah, it's being able to cool push um, him to improve, but it, it's more probably just conversations we'll have, um, even helping him after training, long balls, short passes, stuff like that. Is there that. any hazing that happens to him? No, not really hazing. No? No. I mean, rookies just have to pump the balls up. Buck you know, up, you know, sure. you know right, like right, right. The stuff like that, nothing like, you know, right. crazy. No. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I, that's I like good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically kind of... We've yeah. grown past that as a society. Have yeah. we, though? Except, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> in, in, in a gentleman's game like soccer, yes. Oh, well. Yeah. Maybe not where you come from, Andy. I mean, maybe, like, uh, sing a song or, you know, <laughs> yeah. sure. stuff. But, but stuff nothing, that would be fun, nothing yeah, dangerous, nothing, no, nothing no dangerous or humiliating. Or, right, right. Unless you're a really terrible singer. It's How's your that. French, by the way? Like, Are you able to talk to him at all in French? Nah, like... Yeah, it's lacking. I took <laughs> Spanish, so oh, there you and go. I still can't speak any of that. That's okay. Yeah, that's sorry. fine. I, I, I to took learn. I took Latin, which has been zero help in my life <laughs> at all. Yeah, no, I don't. Uh, unless you want to. Except talk you're about. trying to figure out words. Right. Well, that's the thing is, I can almost read all of the Romance languages, which is not helpful at all. Yeah. It's like that probably that sentence probably says something about a tree. Yeah. Probably. Probably. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the best I can do for you. Um. In a second here, Andy's going to ask you a the very question. important question. The question. And it is a question that will test your uh, your pop culture credentials. Right. And also, it also, I think, tests your critical thinking. Yeah. Right? Like, really evaluate on the spot. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but bef- this is going to be bad. Before, <laughs> before I set him loose on you, though, uh, you mentioned uh, talking about playing at different levels and just this past week uh, you guys defeated an MLS team in the US Open Cup and that's got to feel really nice like beyond yeah. just winning a normal game that's got to feel really nice yeah. yeah no it's definitely it definitely feels good you know having an MLS team come come here and then obviously getting the win and, and winning it going down and then having to fight your way back into it you know? twice yeah so that's like kind of shows the character of the team and then um, that's a game that you know bring a team together as well yep um, but it, it definitely feels good and then you know especially for people that yeah the younger guys that have aspirations moving on you know this is these are the games that you want to play and you want to be successful in and, and do well, well it's got to so. be a sense of validation when you play and play well in a game like that going I belong with these guys right yeah, yeah. there's no there's we talked on the podcast last week that we didn't feel like there was anybody on the team that didn't look like they belonged out there for Lou City and that frankly and I don't want to give anybody a big head but that frankly it really looked like Brian Omni was the best player on the field that day not right. just not just the best player for us but the right. best guy out there yeah I, yeah yeah he had an unbelievable game I was he I mean did. There, center back was so tired it had to have from, been and it was oh, just yeah. like all right sorry you got to yeah, cover this guy. Me out, <laughs> right uh, so. i'm i'm personally and i'm going to mention this just because i want to i'm personally really excited about when uh ballard comes back healthy to be able to see what the poor you know backs are going to feel like from right. opposing teams having to chase both of those guys down right and it's not that i don't feel like the general attacking midfielders that luke city runs out there aren't fast but that there's probably a little difference in the speed for some of these guys yeah that's always a, just a different aspect you know you can throw at teams uh, especially when he's first coming back like later in the game him coming in fresh 
uh, just you know, as opposed to being able to run them yeah, down. Right. And maybe it's a little different than, say, having to cover Nile for the first 70 minutes of that game. Yeah. And Change of pace and then. I mentioned Nile in specific because when we had Sean on the podcast, okay. he mentioned that the uh, oh, team yeah. had a list, an unofficial list, right. of uh, who was maybe the quickest and who was maybe the uh, least quick yep. on the team, and that Nile finished very yeah. all the way on the other side of some coaches. <laughs> yeah. And uh, where do you feel like you belonged on that list? Do you think you were rated fairly? Well, yeah, so I saw the list and I was, uh, I was, I think I was down to like 17th or something mm, like that. Really? So I was, I, yeah, I sent a message. I was like, this is, this <laughs> this, I said it was disrespectful. But, the group text. Yeah, right. WTF. Uh, what happened? <laughs> but, um, and then this past game, I ended up having the uh, top sprint speed. Nice. Oh. So now I'm gonna. Are you wearing the uh, Are you wearing the sports bra yeah, with the, the tracker bra with in the it? Tracker. Yeah. But it was only for that game. I'm still probably <laughs> mid table. I bet on the. But it sounds but like it felt good. Nice there there were some good, There were some good you know? sprints in that game. Yeah. There were a lot of guys making runs down right. the wings. There so was a lot of stuff. There's going been on. debates that the pods weren't working that game, but. Uh, <laughs> so. And do you guys wear those for every game? I'm curious. Yeah, training, training in games. You know, uh, I had never done it before um, here, but I, I think it's a pretty good tool, pretty useful looking at those. Paco basically takes his shirt off after every game immediately. Yeah. And uh, my wife was extremely confused about why he was wearing a sports bra. Yeah, right. I had to explain right. it to her. <laughs> for support. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> don't want to He's been working out a lot, so, you know. All right, well, then, I, I think that at some point we're going to have to uh, set up a uh, in, in a mall somewhere, just somewhere oh well God. away from the watchful eyes of James O'Connor, a, uh, a, a little team sprint and see if you can and redeem that right. 17 yeah. ranking. Right. I know. So. I'm moving my way up. Uh, we could do it on the um, on the golf course behind your house. We could. I do have one of those. There so go. We'll, we'll consider it. He lives in a fancy I do <laughs> not. It's really nice. Um, <laughs> uh, we. I think that covers basically everything I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Other th- other than. Oh god. Yeah, yeah, I'm still there. Uh, not only was it fun beating an MLS team, but you advance in the uh, U.S. Open Cup. I didn't go back and look to see how Rochester, I know how Cincinnati did last year making a run, but I didn't see how Rochester had done during uh, your season there. But what does making an Open Cup run feel like in comparison to having a good run in the season? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's just a cool tournament you know obviously being able to play against MLS teams and stuff like that and having a good run I mean obviously now we're gonna have more games coming up Um, but I guess that's you know it's a good problem to have and one thing is just managing that but making a run in that it kind of gives gives us like exposure as well and kind of sure to show that you know Louisville City as a club and a team can, can go up against you know, the best teams and, yeah. you know, be successful there. So it's a good way to, um, and their games, you can just have fun. Like, you know, the pressure is more on, like, an MLS team to yeah. to, to beat us as right. opposed to that we, we have that pressure. So it's, you can kind of go out and, you know, have fun, express yourself. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, That's it's awesome. fun. So hopefully, yeah, we keep that going, you know, the next game. But we're always, uh, as a team, we're always focused on, 
the next game. So we got Penn this weekend, and that's that's the main thing. And then we'll after be. that, then we do the next one. And yeah, we'll be there for that one too. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, I will now cede the floor to my partner, who has a very important question. Andy, go ahead. If you had to rest, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, all right. <laughs> Wrong question. Snake. <laughs> Did you say snake? Yeah. Of course oh my he did. God. <laughs> he would fight the snake? Like any reasonable no. human being. No. We're not going back to this. Yeah. Well, All right. Um, from the last two decades, right? any movie from the last two decades yeah. that you think is a perfect metaphor for the championship season. The championship season. Right. From an from an outsider's perspective. Yeah, I know. So looking in, um, yeah, cause I followed it. I actually ended up. Um, I came down with another guy from Cincinnati too. We came down for the game for the championship game. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, because uh, obviously knew Tosh. I think maybe I got tickets from him actually for the game. Um, so I was actually there. So I'm trying to think of like. Uh, a movie where you're looking in from the outside and just don't say snow dogs. Want, you know? <laughs> don't say snow, no snow dogs. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I guess I'd say. I mean, I wish it was Wedding Crashers because I should have stayed and crashed the party uh, after. Okay. Yeah, maybe. I like that. Um, That's smart. But as the overall season. Huh? He's there. He's watching what's going on. Yeah, yeah. you get to uh, you get to see it from afar and be a part of it when maybe you weren't really a part of right. it. Right. Yeah. Everyone rushing the field. Absolutely. Um, yeah. We did, did you rush the field? I didn't. I, I was sitting up. I was watching. I was like, oh man, that looks fun. But, yeah. <laughs> that's I, I almost broke my wrist rushing. Yeah. The field. <laughs> yeah. Scouse's house has got about a twelve foot drop to get yeah, down. Yeah. To get there. down. Yeah. And I had had some beverages yeah and right. instead of wisely lowering myself down i took a running leap he did oh, there you go <laughs> that's high it was yeah it was a mistake <laughs> that was a mistake did you have to do the parkour roll and then i wish i would have i did more of like a land and fall back and in like it was in like slow-mo i looked up and i could see my wife's disappointed yeah, face just like shaking what the are you doing <laughs> um, i wisely dropped yeah, it's a much more graceful landing. I was excited. You know? Right. So, Wedding Crashers is a perfectly acceptable answer. Yeah, I'm trying to think of another one, but I don't know. It's not. That's all I got. I like Wedding Crashers. I'm comfortable with it. It was a funny movie. Yeah, it's a good movie, too, you know. It really ushered in a different era of comedy, too, I feel like. Yes. It was different than what what had been going on at that point. Would you say that you're the Owen Wilson to Tosh's Vince Vaughn? Or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I'm more the Owen Wilson, I'd say. Yeah. I believe that. I believe that wow. about that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Do you feel satisfied? I'm good with it. Uh, yeah, okay. I like I'll, 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 like, I'll try and come up with another one and I'll... Uh, you are fine. Do a call-in for the next one. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> We will, we're gonna have we're gonna have uh, Pat on each of the next ten podcasts <laughs> just for a minute at the end of each one. We're gonna call him. Yeah. Hey, you got a new movie? You got a new one? Yeah. I went to voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> just leave that on his voicemail every week. Um, no, you guys have got 
you're basically a third of the way through the season at this point in yeah. the uh, regular season. You're still alive in the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, what are your hopes and aspirations for the team? Now, you can give me coach speak. I've heard James O'Connor answer this question, and it is, hey, we just want to keep getting better and focus on the next game, and that is all true and fine. Right. I mean, you know, is it just, I hope we win as many games as possible, I hope we play as well as possible, or, you know, in the back of your mind is there, gosh, I all I care about is beating the crap out of Charleston, or something <laughs> right. like that. Yeah. Um, no, I'd say, yeah, that, that's, that's probably the same thing, just win regular season and win the uh, Supporters' Shield, so yeah. then we got to have the mo- more points than the Western uh, teams, right. which I haven't checked on them, but do that. Sacramento is currently uh, about four points ahead oh. of us if you factor in games in hand. Okay, okay. So that, obviously, and then playoffs, Eastern Conference Championship, and then Open Cup, you know. Just pull, the, just, just yeah. pull the treble, right. no big deal. Yeah, and... Uh, Beat as many many teams, ties if if we need them. But there you go. You know, try and keep going undefeated. That's the spirit. And now we're obviously thrilled that you're here now, and we hope that you play for Lou City for the next 15 years with unprecedented levels of endurance and success. If I get new legs, it could happen. Robot legs, yeah. man. Yeah, man. We're, we're, we're not five, far ten from years. Five, ten yeah, years, we're not far you have, from. You don't have to stretch this career out right, that much longer to get there. Um, but when your playing days are done, uh, do you envision yourself saying, staying in the game in some capacity, or is there something else you, uh, you, you'd you like to do with your career? Um, yeah, that's kind of a, something I've thought about more and more, obviously, as the career goes on. Um, and I do think, because uh, a lot of guys I know that stop playing end up going back and, and, and doing coaching and, and other aspects. Um, I think initially, maybe being involved in the game, um, I've done some like youth coaching, and I don't mind it, but I don't know. I think I'd rather maybe maybe even in college if I can find something there. Um, but then I got my degree in finance, so I might test the corporate world out for a little just bit. Just a little, you know. Just I mean to see what it's like. See uh, if there's see some if cash I, out there. Yeah, see if I like it because uh, you know it's something that interests me. I don't know. Um, but initially, yeah, maybe maybe doing some coaching, or if not, then. I'm sure in some way or the other, see. I'll be involved in a club and, you know. Yeah. See, and I see you. I have no reason to know this. I have now officially known Pat McMahon for about an hour. I have no reason to suspect this, but I see you by day, Gordon Gecko, and by night, the, uh, by, by night, a referee in the World Cup. 20 years from now. Okay. You've got the right level of fitness to be able to keep up with it. you got the right understanding of positioning to be in the right place on the field to make the right call. That's and true. you seem level-headed, which I think is so important for a referee. Yeah. I was going to say, how do you feel about is, a lot of people screaming insults at yeah, you? Yeah, that's the one thing. Is nobody likes the refs. You know, it's like, but you've already no had matter which adoration. call you make, it goes, uh, yeah. I think at that point, I would just, I've seen, yeah, dealt with so many refs where you just kind of figure out what works. I'm telling you, 20 years from now, World Cup final, you're going to see Pat McMahon in a gold referee's uniform because he'll be able to afford it. Bright, I mean, like actual gold. Actual gold, like chain mail. (laughs) I I have no reason to suspect that. No portion of our conversation has gone there. I just... uh, 
it's, it's what's in my head. That's right. Well, I'll take that. And so if 20 years from that. now that is the case, I expect really good seats yeah. for uh, the oh, World Cup final. You got it. I, I, shout out. I told right. him what he should do. Yeah. <laughs> it was my idea. My idea. In the U.S. in the finals. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> with uh, with a child of Andy's running around no, out there. No, 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 no. Man, happen. you could you could birth a, uh, a, a giant center back. No? That's true. I could. Yeah. I might. Yeah. And <laughs> teach my child how to play. <laughs> like, do the coaching up uh, until then? And then if he referees your child after he's coached your child for that there long, we, yeah. we're, we're in. Yeah. Front row. I got nothing else. I got nothing else. Pat, you've been a great this was sport. Great. Perfect. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks so Thanks much for coming me. by. Uh, we're really sorry that Andy's been touching you this much. Like <laughs> the Listen, they, my wife put me up to it. She, <laughs> she says hello. Oh, I had. She says. <laughs> she said hello. She needs a t-shirt back. I don't know what that means. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't tell my wife when we're interviewing the players for this exact reason because. I, I legitimately, I told she was like, she was like, oh, who are you guys having on the show? And it was like, McMahon. She was like, McMahon bun? And I was like, I need you to calm uh, down it. first off. I, I, I try not to mention it because uh, anytime we mention it to any of our friends, they all have their opinions when it comes to these sorts of things. And uh, the one I that people got the most excited about shocked me because uh, there were a few of our women friends who couldn't believe I was meeting Alexi. Oh, yeah. He hadn't even played for the team yet. Yeah. They'd seen him at a couple of events. Yeah, and that, yeah, was yeah. that was it. That was it. That was it. It was the accent. So, uh, it goes a really long yeah. way. I tried. He's such a nice kid. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's so yeah. cool. Yeah, he's super nice. Anyway, we're going to let him go now so that he can go yeah. and rest up because you're playing for eight guys right now. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> hopefully you go home and heal everybody up. Yeah. And we'll get back healthy. We wish you the best of luck for the rest of the season and for the rest of, uh, you know, your life. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks, sir. Pat McMahon, ladies and gentlemen. Pat McMahon. That dude's awesome. He was a lot of fun to hang out with. That dude's so cool. And we have now covered the entire Lou City backfield. Yeah. We have gotten Alexi, and then Paco, and then Tosh, Hulk, Man. and then Pat McMahon. We've covered the back line, and they have been great. Yeah. As a collective, they have done their job with aplomb. Oh, yeah. I've been impressed every week with some aspect of our back line play, and Pat was a big part of it. He was also a great sport mm -hmm. doing the interview. He was great. He a lot of not, fun. He did not. Part of me thought that he was going to balk or get like a little put off by McMahon bun. Sure. No, he, uh, he no. clearly heard it before. Yeah. So we're not original. Like no. that's that's not but a thing. But it's not that he's heard it before. Like you could tell that he kind of embraces it. He was like, like yeah. "Yeah, I have a man bun. I have luxurious hair, and it's in a bun." I have a man bun. My <laughs> name is McMahon. You guys are not creative, but I'm fine with it. Which makes me like him even more. No, he was a great dude, and it felt like that if we had asked in the right way, he would have gone out for a beer with us. Oh yeah. Like if we had phrased it just right, he'd have been like, "Yeah, man, yeah, let's go get some. Let's get some brews." Or he would have been like, I don't drink, I'm a serious athlete. I really, it was one or the other, but he would have been like, I'll play some skee-ball while you guys drink. Right. I'll have a soda. Right. 
Uh, he he seemed like a good hang because he was just a cool guy, and uh, yeah. it's always nice when the people that you're uh, watching and talking to and rooting for and all that end up being just good dudes. Yeah. Uh, Do you think that soccer players are good at foosball? I imagine. I imagine that they are. Right, like you would have you like got to be coordinated, and uh, that's well, the a, logic is right. Like the logic would be the same. No, like, you're you would, you're way off right. At this no, point. yeah, you're 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 com- the. Soccer players kick balls, and nobody is kicking a ski ball. No, not not ski ball, foosball. Foosball, no. Also, comple- I mean, I feel, they no, have I'm, good tactical ideas. That's what I'm saying, like, but you have to be able to execute it, and it's a totally different skill set than playing soccer. Totally different. We should take the team out for foosball. We should, and let them play uh, Jay Hindenock and David yeah. O'Connell. Who, good luck to the team. Who Jesus. are money at some? Oh, uh, at some it's kind of. Frustrating and gross to watch. It is. I've lost dramatically to both of them. Which is always fun for everybody else. Yeah, people like watching me <laughs> lose. <laughs> All right. So thanks again to Pat, and uh, we look forward to seeing him playing out on the field. But we got to get into some purple stuff. You got a glass of it? I do. I'm thinking about maybe drinking this purple stuff with a straw. A straw? A straw a of straw? purple stuff. Curly straw? A little uh, uh, silly straw. Purple stuff with your purple silly straw. <laughs> Don't choke, bud. Ah, that straw. <laughs> Woo! Shocking to drink purple whiskey from a straw. Um, no, it was. Uh, let's do some purple stuff. Yeah. Item number one. Okay. The stadium. They're gonna break ground. Yeah. I don't know how public knowledge this is. I sometimes, and I'm not trying to make myself out to be any kind of a big deal, but I sometimes get some information and I don't, I haven't seen it publicly announced yet. Right. So I'm not going to state the date because I don't want to overstep myself. Okay. I imagine that they will be announcing this, you know, far and wide in the coming future if they haven't already and I just missed it. Yeah. August 32nd. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be September 109th. Um, no, it's uh, it's coming, though. They're going to yeah. break ground on the stadium. They have a date. They have a plan. Uh, I know some of the supporters groups have uh, been specifically invited. I know that uh, people are getting excited. Yeah, it's, it's good times for everybody. It's awesome because when you think about all the, like, are they going to do a stadium? Or are they not? Remember right. at the very oh, beginning, yeah. it was like the struggle. Like this is why we need this. This is why we need this. And now we're to a point we are breaking. Like this is happening. Yeah, they're they're about to start moving Earth. Now they've already started moving Earth. So I don't know what the difference is between the demolition and the flattening and all that that they are clearly already doing. I if mean, you drive by, you know, it. it's ceremonial, sure, but it's still. But maybe it legitimately is like that first shovel towards the foundation or yeah. whatever. I don't know. I don't know how ceremonial versus functional this brown groundbreaking. But either would be. way, I mean, even if it was, even if it's just strictly ceremonial, like this doesn't actually mean anything. Yeah, but like it's we've gone like, through all the steps to get there. Here they, we are. We said we needed a team. We got a team. We said we needed a stadium, and people said no. And then you had to find funding, and then you had to get the city to approve it. Then you had to have a location, and you had to buy it, and then it had to go through council, and then it had to go through the state government. Yeah. It's gone through all these hurdles. We're there. They're building this stadium, and I'm excited about it. Super pumped. So breaking ground, good news. I imagine that the next time we talk, they will have announced that date, and uh, that is awesome. Of August 56 and a half. Yeah. That's the date. So mark your calendar if you've got a really strange calendar. <laughs> Some weird antiquated calendar. Right. But it's coming up and uh, get excited, people. Yeah. All right. Second piece of purple stuff that I want to cover 
is that we've got a soccer-specific store opening up in town. Yeah. So uh, it's been announced. There have been a couple of articles from uh, the Louisville Insider and Biz Journal and stuff like that mm-hmm. so, uh, talking about how we're going to have a soccer-specific store called Soccer Town opening up in Holiday Manor. And that's just cool news. Like, A, it's a nice sign that businesses think soccer matters to this community. Yeah. Because these guys are going to have some obscure jerseys. They're going to have – it's not just going to be, you know, the Nike Real Madrid jersey. Right. right? It's not going to be stuff that you can find at Dick's. Exactly. This is going to be exactly. stuff that you need to want soccer gear for. And it's nice that there is a business that thinks people don't want to just go on Amazon for this, that Louisville as a city is ripe for people to show up yeah. and do do some shopping. And I intend to go in and check it out, see if we they've got... Get, we should get part-time jobs there. Man, we should get full-time jobs there. What do they pay? <laughs> Let's find out. Soccer Town, you hiring? Andy and I can be had between the two of us for the low, low price of $2,500 a week. So if you've got twenty five hundred dollars a week, you can have us. Just we'll be there. Like that's not even each. That's no. That's total. That's total. That's total. We'll split it up however we see fit between the two of us. Probably eighty twenty for Andy. So we'll Whoa. see. We'll see. <laughs> he can reach much higher shelves than true. I can. That's very true. I would need a stool, and that's no. Good. How much experience do you have in retail? Zero. Um, I have zero retail have experience. Of retail experience. Now, I imagine that being what they are, they might need a supply chain manager. Just a hunch. Yeah, but... An know. inventory control specialist? Nah. I've got some experience in those things. True. But That's true. if they open to the store and don't have people for that yet, they probably weren't thinking these things through. No. So, Soccer Town. Soccer Town. Opening up in the very near future. I think in the next week. In Holiday Manor, if you uh, have some obscure soccer needs, go out and let them take care of you. If you're a referee and need some stuff, go out and check it out. This is not a sponsored segment. This is just us saying, saying, here's a thing that you should do. And it's great, again, that there's somebody who thinks this town can support soccer-specific businesses. Because it's a nice indication that the business community thinks that's what Louisville is. It's a soccer town, and we're going to get there. So it's a good feeling. It's awesome. Yeah. That's the second piece of purple stuff. Third piece of purple stuff will lead us directly into banter. Cool. Like when we flow like that. Yeah, we're not. We're not even gonna have a. Uh, we're not even gonna have a segue. We're gonna start with the third piece of purple stuff, and it's gonna drag Move us into banter. banter. Yeah. And the third piece of purple stuff is the bummer news today. Yeah. That Luke Spencer is out for at least six weeks. That's so long. Six weeks, that puts us into the beginning of August. Yeah, six weeks with a uh, having surgery on the leg. Uh, he missed last week's game. He played limited minutes in the Open Cup match. And my understanding is that he's been hampered by this injury for a little while now and that the conversation was push it off until the end of the year and uh, hope he can play through it and rehab and rest or bite the bullet, miss the weeks now, and have him ready for the stretch run. Yeah. And they decided, hey, we can survive the middle of this season. I think it's a good choice. Yeah? I think it was a wise wise choice. I'd rather have him, like, super healthy for the end of the season. Yeah, bring him in, let him spell the strikers who will undoubtedly be tired towards the end of the year. Uh, That really leads to the question, because it's, it's one that, has been on the tip of our tongues all season. 
which is depth. We've got a ton of depth at attacking midfielder. Mm -hmm. Lots of really good options. Guys that I'd feel completely confident running out there every game. Yeah. And you got Ballard coming back. Yeah. That's soon. Yeah. Like, it might not be this week. It might not be next week, but But it's soon. soon. Yeah. And that'll add extra attacking midfield depth. We've got a lot of goalkeeper depth. Mm -hmm. Greg can start for anybody. Dobro could start for anybody. And everything I hear says Hubbard, our third keeper, is is short for the USL. That he will not be here long. That this guy is a wow. is a legit talent, and that we we are unlikely to see him for many seasons before he graduates to bigger bigger things, not better, just bigger just things. Uh, and that's assuming that Greg and Dobro don't, and that we don't see Hubbard as our full time keeper. Because right. I could easily see Greg or uh, Dobro getting a chance yeah. at a higher level. Coach O'Connor talked this past week about how many of our players deserve chances at higher levels of competition. And he's right. And those are two of the guys that I won't be shocked at all if they see, you know, at least a bench spot on an MLS team, something right. like that. But we'll find out. A lot of depth at keeper. A lot of depth at attacking midfield. Mm-hmm. No depth anywhere else. Nope. We have two holding midfielders. Two. We always play two holding midfielders, and that means Paolo and Speedy see every minute of action. If one of them has to come out for injury or cards or exhaustion, it's Kyle Smith. But that means that we have no depth at our wingback positions because it's Oscar and Kyle, and they play every minute. Now, Sean Francis should be fully healthy here shortly. Like, he's been on the edges of our roster for the last couple of weeks, and it feels like... He'll probably get some real minutes here shortly. Mm-hmm. But as of what we've seen most recently, mm-hmm. it's Oscar and Kyle yeah. and Paolo and Speedy. Yeah. And that they have to play all 90 minutes, all four of them. Yeah. Sean Francis will help. Yeah. But it won't help that much because, again, if Paolo or Speedy want to come out, that means Kyle's got to come up. And so you can sit one of those four guys at any given time. Sean Francis will make a difference. But one, you can sit one of them. Three of those four guys, or three of those five guys, four of those five guys have to play every minute of every game. Yeah. That's exhausting, especially yeah. for what they do. The explanation was exhausting. I uh, know. I felt bad about it. It was more wordy than it should have been. I'm sorry. We'll, no, no, we'll, no. We'll, like, like no. legitimately, like yeah. wrapping your head around that yeah. is the, like, God. Now, it's possible that a guy like George Davis or a guy like Magnus or a guy like uh, Ilya could step in and play one of those spots. Right. We talked to Pat McMahon today who said like he felt like he could maybe play one of those spots if he had to. And maybe Sean Tosh is a guy that steps up and can play in a holding midfield position. But none of those guys are holding midfielders. That's not their job. And then you go to the back line. And in the back line, we've got four guys for three spots, and they've got to play all 90 minutes. And their backup is, again, Kyle Smith. So it's Kyle Smith has got to always play. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Except if you sit him out completely for, for uh, Sean. And that means if any of those other four guys go out, then he's got to come back on anyway. No depth from the uh, fullbacks to the wingbacks to the holding midfielders. No depth. No depth. You've basically got two auxiliary pieces, and they're all interchangeable. But that means most of them have got to play every minute of every yes. game. And then you move up to striker. <laughs> and coming into the year, we bragged, bragged. We had on this podcast bragging in the Scouse episode where we talked about Luke 
Cameron, and Ilya. Mm-hmm. Hey, you felt really good with any of those three guys playing striker. Right. And it's true. They all bring different skill sets to the table, but they're all valuable. They're all useful. We're down to probably one. Probably. Maybe Cameron's shoulder is fine. Maybe he's ready to go. He felt optimistic. And I talked to Scott Stewart, media guru for uh, Lou City earlier today, and he said that the team feels confident about the healing time for Cameron. Right. It didn't sound like he would necessarily play this week. But they felt like we didn't need to go out and find extra depth because, A, they have complete confidence in Ilya, Mm -hmm. and, B, they think that Cam won't be out long. Maybe that's all true. I don't think I would be lied to about these things. No. But they also said that the team is completely open to the idea of bringing in more depth if they had to, Mm -hmm. which is a nice thing to hear, that they're not closing down their options in any way that they are open to the idea of bringing in another player and that that is essentially at Coach O'Connor's discretion. Mm-hmm. So Coach O'Connor, the fact that we're sitting here today and they announced Luke having surgery but did not announce the signing of an extra striker, means to me that Coach O'Connor either has not seen anybody that he likes or that they really do feel like, hey, we're going to be good with Ilya up there yeah. and Cam will be back soon, so let's not fret. Maybe. Maybe that's all accurate. It's also possible that you let somebody like Magnus mm-hmm. or Nile mm-hmm. or George mm-hmm. or Ownby mm-hmm. play in that real nine hole. Maybe even play them as a false nine, let them drop back a little bit and truly have a three-man front line with the two. Yeah. So maybe you go Davis and McCabe and Ownby all playing on the front line all at the same time. Maybe. There are options. Mm-hmm. They're not sexy options not to great me. great options. No. I think that Ballard changes the equation dramatically. If Ballard comes back, because so much of what Ownby does that is important to this team is that he stretches the field. Yeah. His speed makes an enormous difference yeah. for what we have in the middle of the field. Yeah. He pulls at least one, usually one and a half, defenders out with him to whatever corner he's making his run towards. Yeah. Without him out there, I love George Davis. I love Nile. They do important things for this team. But none of them really stretch the field that way. Right. Speed is not their specific game. It is Ballard's. Ballard comes back, and then you've got a couple more options to let Ownby drift towards the middle of the field, to have Ownby and Ballard both on the field at the same time and create a ton of space in the middle for Ilya or George mm-hmm. or Magnus. Okay. Ballard's an important piece of that puzzle to me, that... If we're not signing somebody else, if we're not out there on the transfer market right now looking for people, mm-hmm. I think that that's faith that Ballard comes back healthy soon to me. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. You think that tactically that works? Yes. Okay. Creating some space with some speed? I agree. Okay. I, I thought you <laughs> might. I thought you might. Um, the name that keeps getting floated. I don't even think it's worth like dignifying. No, I mean, like, like I'm not saying like I'm not saying we shouldn't talk about it, but I'm saying you take it with not even a grain of salt, half a grain of salt. Yeah. The name that keeps getting floated is former Lou City striker, Golden Boot winner, yeah. guy who knows James O'Connor's system, guy who is famous for his work rate, for his finishing, and for his positional awareness. Yeah. 
Matt Fondy. I'm saying officially, out loud right now, I don't see any way we possibly sign. No. Dude hadn't played organized soccer in at least a year and a half. He, I don't care what kind, unless he's training for a marathon, he's not in game shape. No. And we would only really need him for like six weeks. So he can't play his way into shape. It's not like, because he would just be getting there in six yeah, weeks no. when Luke comes back. And I loved Matt Fondy. Yeah. Loved him. He hasn't shown any interest in coming back. Like, there hasn't been posts where he's like, here's the thing. If somebody told me we were going to sign Tarek Morad to a contract, I'd believe that. Because Tarek constantly is posting on Twitter and Facebook, hey, congratulations to the Loose City. Right. You guys are great. Yeah. I loved my time there. All kinds of positive stuff about the team. If we said, hey, we need depth at fullback and we're signing Tarek Morad back, I'd believe you. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he left the team or what the situation was with the front office, but I'd believe it. I wouldn't believe it about Matt Fondy. He's not out there on Twitter going, oh, man, you guys are awesome. I hope things work out. And, Dude, oh, it guess, sucks for Luke. My and, question is, like, when we say, when we say, like, you know, people are talking, the name that comes up, like, who, 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 who this is, this is, I mean, who's like, this is, you know, Lucidity Twitter. I don't want to name, I don't want to name drop names, but if you listen to, and I imagine you do, if you listen to us, if you listen to the final judgment, they were talking about it, and it makes sense. All of it makes sense mm-hmm. if Matt Fondy had been playing, but he hasn't not, been playing. No. And all of it would make sense if we thought, oh, yeah, they've got it They've got it locked up because he and James O'Connor have such a great relationship, and they were – I don't know how that ended, but it ended. Yeah. And I, I don't see it. I don't know. Half a green salt. Yeah. And I would love to see us sign a striker that James O'Connor thought would help us, but – the fact that we haven't signed a striker yet to me says, I think that we would have done it, you know, today or yesterday. Yeah. It had some trialists in. I don't know, man. It seems unlikely. That's our banner. That's our That's show. It. We've uh, we've it. run. It's a Way it's long. another it's another supersized episode. We yeah. had the player on. When you've got Pat McMahon, you got to milk every yeah. second of it. Well, you don't cut him off. You're not like no. Because the stuff he was saying was interesting and yeah. relevant, as opposed to our stuff. Maybe we should cut some of our stuff. I don't even know where to go with it. So I'm sorry, guys. You're getting a supersized this episode. Supersized episode. Oh, you're like on a long distance drive somewhere listening to this. I'm hoping that the our loyal listeners are just looking for a way to kill time. Yeah, and that that's why they listen yeah. to us. I can't imagine any other reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got nothing to do, and I like Lou City. I guess so. Tonight you're getting a uh, super long episode. I apologize. We're gonna have on. Lou City executive to the stars, Man. Brad Estes, next week. That would be so cool. We will uh, have a lot of fun talking with Brad, but we will 100% limit ourselves oh, man. to what we do when yes. we're not talking to Brad. Limit. Yeah. Game review, game preview, purple stuff, banner. There's a lot of shit to get it's through. There's a lot of stuff to do. There's a lot. And uh, I don't like cutting off the guys. So I'm sorry that we ran late. But I'm not sorry, because I like talking Lou City soccer with yeah. you, Andy. It's a lot of fun. I'm not mad at us. No. And what are people going to do? Turn us off? Oh, well. Oh, no. But you won't turn us off next week, because you'll be hearing from Brad Estes, and we've got a lot of fun questions for him about the stadium, questions for him about Big the team, questions. Big all stuff. kinds of stuff. He's the honcho. we got to yeah. put him through the paces. Yeah. All right. It's been fun, Andy. So uh, we'll end this show by saying, as we always do, Go, Go City! city.